everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sober. This is episode 234, 234 episodes. And our topic today is pity party and self-loathing. And we are sponsored today by Soberlink. As we know, addiction is a serious issue that needs to be addressed. Nearly 15 million people in the U.S. have an alcohol use disorder, and that's alcohol only, not drugs or uh, anything else, any dry goods or anything like that. And only 10% of those people get treatment. This can be attributed to the stigma that's associated with addiction. And Sober League's trying to get us out there talking about it, just like Busy Living Sober. And their remote alcohol monitoring tool has helped over 500,000 people to be more accountable in their sobriety. I've teamed up with Soberlink to create tips for keeping busy living sober. And you can find that if you go to www.soberlink.com slash BLS. And not only can you download that resource guide for free, they also, if you're interested in purchasing one of these machines, they have a $50 promo code. So go visit www.soberlink slash busy living sober if you're interested. And back to my topic of pity parties and feeling badly about yourself. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, last week I went to an in-person meeting and um, I was they, the topic was pity party. And I've been thinking about it ever since that day. It was over a week ago now. And um, they were talking about feeling sorry for yourself. And I thought to myself, I was like, I haven't felt sorry for myself recently. And I'm, and what do I attribute that to? And I attribute the fact that I haven't felt sorry for myself for the fact that one, I, I, I meditate all the time and I have a lot of gratitude. And I think that when we have gratitude, we can feel better and not feel so badly about ourselves. But in the beginning of my sobriety, I remember not only, I'm going to back up even further from my sobriety. When I was a little kid, I remember growing up and being like five years old and wanting to have a friend over and my parents would say no. And I would literally stomp my feet on the floor. I want this. I want this. I'd bang my head against the wall. I don't want this. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. I want what I want. I want it now. And um, I did that for years. I think that I had pity parties up until I think just recently, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with that. And I pity parties because I didn't get to keep what I have. I didn't get what I want, right? You don't get what you want. So you have this pity party. And I think um, when I was little and then, you know, if I'm not going to get what I want, then I take my ball and go home, right? You don't get what you want. So you run away. At least that's what I would do. And I feel sorry for myself and I cry and I'd wallow. And I'd be like, that is, um, that's, you know, that's my stuff. And, um, and I, I want what I want. And if you're not going to give it to me, screw you, or I'm going to walk away. And it's hard because this inside stuff that we have going on in our heads, especially as adults, and now that I'm sober for whatever time, I, I recognize, you know, where the self-pity comes from, you know, that lack of not getting, you know, I did not want, I didn't understand why I couldn't drink the way I wanted to drink. I didn't understand why I could only have, um, you know, I'd, I'd have one drink and then I'd have 47. I didn't understand that. And family members would say to me, what, what is wrong with you? Why don't you just have one? And I'm like, I can't. Okay. I just can't. You don't understand. If you had my life, you'd do this too. If you had, if you were a single mom and you had these kids, you'd do it too. 
or when I was younger, uh, who cares? I I'm just going to do this. And why are you upset with me? And you know, what's the big deal? Sorry. I crashed my car. Sorry. I got myself into a situation that I didn't want to. And I'd have these feel these, these just total meltdown. Sorry. Feel parties for myself. that were pity parties that nobody wanted to come to. Friends don't like to come to pity parties. Um, I felt like when I got, when I first got sober and I would call my sponsor all the time and I'd be like, um, you know, I just really can't stand my life. I hate my life. This is so hard. You don't understand. I have to go to meetings all the time, every day. I have to make my kids dinner. I have to pay all these bills. It's too overwhelming. Life is so hard. If you had my life, you drink too. Don't you understand how much this sucks? Don't you understand what it's like to be me? This is horrible, horrible. And I would have all these feelings all the time, right? I'd have these pity parties and she would be like, what do you want me to tell you? You've got to, you've got to do A, B, and C to, to stay on the straight and narrow. And I'd be like, but you don't understand. She'd, so I'd, she'd listen to me. And then she'd, I'd be able to dump all of my sadness and pity and self-loathing and all of that on top of my, I'd be able to unload that on her and then I'd feel better. And then I would, um, and then I would go make dinner. Right. And I have friends that call me and people that call me and say, my life is so hard. And I'm like, wait, your life isn't that hard. If you put it into perspective, like let's like figure out like what is hard and what isn't hard. Right. So it is hard. If you live in Ukraine, I think that would be very hard. If you have to say goodbye to your husband and watch bombs going off and losing your home, that would be really, really hard. It'd be hard if your house caught on fire. That would be really hard. Um, it would be really hard to take a humongous boulder and push it up a hill. That would be really hard. Getting sober is hard. I'm not going to say it's not, it's easy, but it's your mindset. Getting your mind to this place where you know what, you're going to be like, at least for me, I'm going to just tell you what happened for me. For me, I decided... I woke up one day and I was like, oh my, you know, after I'd been drinking for years and years and years, I was 37 years old. I had three little kids. I was, it was the summer. I was partying my ass off. I was having, you know, I was having fun, but I was not having fun. You know, when it stops being fun, you're like, I'm not having fun anymore. I'm, I'm with my friends, but I hate being with my friends and my friends are sitting here and they get to drink and they don't feel bad about themselves the next day. I remember calling my girlfriends going, oh my God, I can't believe I did that last night. And they'd be like, it's fine. Why do you feel so bad about yourself? And I'd be like, I just do. I feel horrible. I feel like this inside part of me that would be like, oh my God, I hate myself. I hate myself. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that, right? And I would go over these things with my friends and they didn't feel the same way I did, but I felt like that. And so when I woke up that day and I said, you know what, I went for, you know, I went outside and I went for a run. You guys know I don't run, but I went outside and I got exercise and I fell to my knees and I was like, God, please help me. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And when I felt like that, when I had that sense of like, I can't do this, what am I going to do? I had known about AA, you know, so I had known about it. It was not anything I wanted. I was so scared to do it, but I was like, how am I going to do this? Because I don't want to live my life hating myself, right? And having this self-pity all the time and this self-loathing and hating myself. I didn't want to hate myself anymore. And so what did I do? I went and I got sober. So I got sober and I went to a meeting and, um, you know, every day that I didn't drink, 
I felt better about myself every day. Like I had that self-esteem and I don't know why we don't feel good about ourselves as Americans. I don't know what it is that we aren't like, oh my gosh, that's, we're really good. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm going to be proud of myself. Like that is looked down on too, right? Like people look down on that now, like feeling good about yourself, like propping yourself up. So you feel like, oh my gosh, I did something good. And I'm going to feel proud of myself in today. Right. I know yesterday we might've like the day before I got sober, the night before I got really drunk. I am lucky I didn't fall into the water, but I got really drunk and I was drunk dialing old people that I shouldn't have been drunk dialing, especially boyfriends and saying, you know, whatever, I love you. You're such an asshole. You left me. You guys get it. You know what I'm talking about? Like I totally did that the night before, but that first day, and somebody said to me, do you want to drink? And I told people around me, I had said to my family members, I'm going to quit. And they're like, what? And I was like, yes, I'm going to quit. And they're like, okay. I don't know if they believed me. I don't know if they wanted me to do it. It wasn't about them. It was about me. And that first day I didn't do it. I was so proud of myself. Right. I was like, I can't believe it. I just didn't drink. And it wasn't that I was a daily drinker, but it was the fact that I was in a partying situation where you would typically drink. I was at the beach. I was with a lot of people. It was very celebratory. My sister just got married. People were very excited and very happy. And I thought I, the fact that I didn't drink around that was like huge. I'm like, look at me, I didn't drink. And I continued to not drink, but I did it just today because I was like, I don't have to worry about what I did yesterday. I don't have to worry about it right now. I'm in today. It takes time to do this, by the way, and practicing this, practicing this sense of like, I'm in today. I have to wiggle my toes. I do it all the time. I wiggle my toes. Let me show you my toes. I just go wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. And um, I wiggle my toes and I get in today. And I think about, okay, I didn't pick up a drink today. And I might talk about things like the future. I'd be like, I, I had a trip planned to go to, to California, to go to Napa, to visit friends. I was going to visit friends and I was really worried about that. Then I was supposed to go out to the Hamptons to meet friends out there. And I was like, how am I going to do this? I was going to a big party out there too. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? I got invited to go. I went to a John Mayer concert and it, this is, you know, years ago before he was in doing the dead but he was on his own and I was invited and to go on in a limousine with all these girls and I'm like how am I going to do this what how am I going to go in this limousine with these girls I know they're they're drinkers because that's the only people I hung out with and they had champagne and they had all the drinks and we were going to go down this limousine and we were going to put a really great seats to see John Mayer and how was I going to do it but it wasn't that day right so I just didn't go to that yet I thought about it in my head. I talk about it with other people, but I mean, other people that were not drinking and that were like my board members, as I like to call them. And I would call them and be like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Okay, I'm going to do this. And they'd be like, you don't have to do it today. And I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to worry about it. I, it is in my head. So I know I have to have some tools once I get there, but as of today, I'm not at the John Mayer concert. Okay, great. So, and I wasn't in California and I wasn't in on Long Island. I was in Pennsylvania at that time or in New Jersey at the beach. And I would just do that day. I do that day. And then I do another day. So then I'd be in the next day and milestones were huge for me. So when I had 30 days 
And I've mentioned on here, I really, really, really like to shop. I'm a big shopper. It's like my thing. I know it's not good. I mean, I'm better about it. I love Nordstrom's Rack, call it my crack den. It's terrible, but I love to shop. So I go there and that's like my place where I can go and buy something and I don't feel so guilty, right? So I go and I buy myself something. And it wouldn't be expensive. It could be 20 bucks. It could be 40 bucks, whatever it was. It was always on clearance because that's my big thing. That's that red ticket that says clearance. And um, I get myself something. And I don't know if it would be a lipstick, if it would be a skirt, if it would be a pair of sneakers, whatever it was, I would get myself something. And I'd be like, see, I just did this for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reward myself. I'm going to reward myself by buying this. Now, I don't mean going and spending a ton of money so that you go into debt because that is not what we want to do because Shoppers Anonymous is something that's totally true too. But literally going and just getting myself something that was going to reward me. I can tell you also something that I did from the very get-go when I first got sober because there's something with sugar. It's because there's so much alcohol, there's so much sugar in alcohol that we don't think about. So I would go to Baskin Robbins. That was my thing. I would go to Baskin Robbins all the time. I went to Baskin Robbins maybe every day. And you're like, well, wait a minute, didn't you get really heavy? The crazy thing was I didn't get heavy because the alcohol that I drank, I would, I would drink at least two bottles of wine, which is like having a chocolate cake, right? So having a nice one scoop of ice cream would not be equivalent to having as much wine as I had calories in wine or in alcohol that I'd have in that one little scoop of ice cream. And if you get a kitty scoop at Baskin Robbins, it's very little, right? I could even get those clown cones. Do you remember the clown cones? It's got the, it has the, it already, it has icing on it and stuff. I would get those sometimes. And, um, that would be my treat. I was very into rewarding myself. I, cause I had to start to like myself. I have to start to like myself. It's interesting and not to segue into um, eating disorders, but I did watch on the housewives last night of New Jersey, you know, one of those ones. Um, um, what is her name? Oh my gosh. You guys are probably saying this out loud and I don't remember her name. I totally forgot. She's a blonde. Um, what is her name? Anyway, not to digress. She's a blonde on, um, Oh my God, it's not Teresa. It's the other one. Anyway, she's um, she has an eating disorder and she talks about it a lot on this season. And she talks about how she has to eat things and it's not comfortable for her to eat certain things because she doesn't want to get heavy again. And I totally get that. I get that sometimes myself. I'm like, I'm trying to lose weight and then I try not to do this. And But I can have a little bit. That's the whole thing. It's balanced in life. But you can have a little bit of alcohol. That's it. You can't have a little bit of alcohol. Once it's over, once you're pickle, you cannot be a cucumber again. Okay. Get it? Because a cucumber becomes a pickle after it's been sitting. So I am a pickle and I will never be a cucumber again. I can never drink again. I am allergic to alcohol. And if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you're allergic to alcohol too. And that means you're like sitting here going, what do you mean I'm allergic to alcohol? When you drink, it causes your neurons in your head to go off as if you were to have peanuts and you're allergic to peanuts, right? So you would start, if, you had, if your throat would start to close, well, with us, with alcohol, it's that phenomenon of craving we get. So it's not a moral issue here, by the way. You have this disease, so you cannot process alcohol like normal people. And I'm sure someone in your family tree, you might not be able to point them out exactly where, who that person is, but I'm sure someone in your family tree, because every family I've ever talked to has somebody that battled alcoholism. And it might be decades ago. It might be, it might be great-grandparents. It might be great-great-aunt aunt, or uncle or someone. I will bet you will find in your lineage that has this disease. So it's, it has, it doesn't have to do with the moral issue. It has to do with genetics. 
Okay. So you genetically are different than some of your friends. So once you've decided you cannot have alcohol anymore, then you're like, I can't have it because the same thing happens every time, right? Which is the insanity of picking up a drink after you know what's going to happen. It might not happen this time, but maybe the next time. It's like playing mushroom roulette. Sometimes you're going to land on black and sometimes you're going to land on red. But the ch- do you want to take that chance with yourself and feelings about yourself? We live in such a hard time right now, right? And that's not to make it be a pity party, by the way, but we do live in a harder time. Things are more expensive. Things are, you know, things are hard right now. And I don't mean hard. I shouldn't even use that word. Things are difficult, right? Things are not what they were four years ago, three years ago. They're just not, they're not the way they were. You know, I went to this, um, I went to um, see Kenny Chesney in, um, in Tampa this past weekend. And I was standing there and for those of you who love, I love Kenny Chesney. He's totally amazing. He's like one of the best artists I've ever seen. He doesn't talk about politics, which is huge for me. I don't want to hear an entertainer talk about politics. I don't care who an entertainer votes for. It's none of my business. No idea. But when you get up there and you tell me what you think, it turns me off. And I'm like, I'll never see you two again. Sorry for those YouTube fans that are maybe listening to me. I will never see them again because they talk about their politics. I don't care. You're up there to entertain us. You're a great musician. Bono's amazing. I've loved you two since I was a kid. But I go to this Kenny Chesney concert and I'm standing there and I'm dancing. And all of a sudden it comes over me because Kenny mentions that he hadn't been on tour in four years because of COVID. And prior to that, you know, he doesn't put out a tour every year. It's a lot of work. So it had been four years since he'd been on tour. And I thought to myself, two years, we missed two years of our lives, right? Two years of our lives were taken away were taken from us. We were stuck in our houses. We didn't get to enjoy music. We didn't get to, we didn't get to live. We didn't get to be around our friends. And that caused our mental health to get so horrible, right? I think pity parties even became worse. I think the way our society has grown since then has been so negative. It's so horribly negative that of course, so many people picked up a drink because when we don't feel comfortable, we pick up a drink or a drug because we don't want to feel that way anymore. So if we pick up that drink or we pick up that drug, we're going to feel better inside, right? But it's not true. We don't feel better. It's very fleeting the time that we feel good when we are using these drugs, especially if we have addiction issues. If we have addiction issues, we push it, right? We push that limit. We take those chances and we always go overboard. And we're like, why do we do that? Again, that phenomenon of craving I was just talking about. It's because genetically we're different. And once you've gone past that point where you're like, oh my God, I can't process alcohol like I used to. It's really interesting. uh, um, When we get to that place, for me, it felt better to know that it wasn't me morally, that I wasn't a moral bad guy, right? I wasn't a moral jerk because I did this. I pick up a drink and it's because I have the genetics that are different. I process alcohol differently than other people. So I have to give myself a little bit, again, of a green light. And that addiction can also be food. It can be shopping. It's it's this hole in our soul right? We have this hole inside of us and we feel less than the pity party. So big. You don't understand. We, are we, that self-loathing we have about ourselves causes us to have these pity parties all the time. If you had my life and these, and we get these 
just these things that we carry around with us, these resentments that we put in this backpack on our backs. And we hate everybody and we hate everything and we're over it. And we're like, why do, why me, why me, pour me, pour me, pour me, pour me a drink. But if you do something to reward yourself, you're not gonna feel that self-pity anymore. It's not gonna be like this, but you work on it. You work on it, you work on it, you work on it. And you get better at it, you get better at it, you get better at it. You don't put the drink in your body. You get yourself the ice cream. You go buy yourself whatever you need to buy. If it's a quarter, whatever it is that you need to buy for yourself that you can afford. You don't want to go in debt for this, but think about the money that you will save by not drinking. And you go buy yourself a little something to make yourself feel better. You're allowed to do that. If you're not drinking, do something for you. Whatever that is, you have to do something for you. If you have to tell your friends why you're not drinking is because you're on a diet or because you're doing this exercise regimen or fib and say, you know, your doctor said, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Or you just say, you know what? It doesn't make me feel good anymore. I don't feel good doing it anymore. And if you lose friends, I lost a lot of friends. There's still people that don't like to invite me over and that's okay. Cause I do find people that do want to have me over. And, um, so when Kenny Chesney said that about losing our, this time, we lost already, two, we already lost two years of our life, right? We can't ever get those two years back. That's never coming back again. But moving forward, how are we going to have a better life? How are we going to feel better about ourselves? How are we not going to go and fall into the trap of the pity party and picking up the drink and getting swallowed by alcohol? like alcohol taking over our lives. Cause it does, it becomes alcohol becomes the God alcohol becomes the, oh, and then we get rid of the, oh, of alcohol. And what do we fill that hole with? And some people fill it with exercise. Some people fill it with shopping. Some people do it with food. How are you going to fill that with self-love and self-acceptance? How are you going to do that? What are you steps are you willing to take to fall in love with you and get rid of this pity party? How are you going to get rid of that pity party? Because I, if you're living in Ukraine and you're listening to this, I am so sorry you're going through what you're going through. I, that is hard. But us people living in America, what can we do to change the way we're viewing things? We get to change. If you're not drinking, you can change the way you view things. You don't have to be Eeyore, right? You don't have to have the pity party. You don't have to look at a glass half empty. You can find a way. There's always ways of changing the way we view things so that it's positive rather than negative. Eating an ice cream cone with, from Baskin Robbins with the clown face on it, that makes, makes me feel good. That's, it, it, it goes to my kid inside of me. We all have our kid, this youngster inside of us before we started drinking and before we got into this whole rat race of life. And there's this kid in us that loves that sense of having an ice cream cone. Maybe it's a McFlurry from McDonald's. Maybe it's getting a happy meal. You know, you get yourself a happy meal once a week or once you hit 30 days, you get yourself a happy meal or you get yourself a Big Mac, whatever it is, you know, but you've just, you've earned it. Because you're no longer doing this thing that's self-detrimental. You put down that drink. The self-pity is like, you. if you start to see the good in your life 
the good things that, that have happened because you're no longer drinking this, right? You're no longer drinking and you're no longer waking up going, oh my God, I hate myself. I'm starting to like myself. It's kind of like we get proud like a chicken or a peacock, right? And we decide to be like, look at our feathers. We are feeling pretty good about ourselves. And don't let anybody take that from you, right? I know people around you be like, why are you so happy? You did this, you did that. Well, last I checked, life is not a report card. And true friends should put, put you up, make you feel good. You know, I had this woman in my life at one time, a board member who's now retired. And um, that board member would say to me, you need people in your life that are your front row balcony people. And I'd be like, what does that mean? Front row balcony people. And she said, the people that applaud you, the people that bring you up, the people that make you feel good for being you, the people that love you unconditionally and think you're awesome. I have people like that in my life today. I didn't have them for a very long time. And even family members for me were ones that liked to tear at me. And I felt like vultures that come down and be like, you did this, you did that. And never forgot and never forgave. And I couldn't have those people in my life anymore. I needed to have people in my life that made me feel good about myself because I'm not a bad person. I don't think anybody's bad. I don't think anybody's bad. I think there's a lot of sad people right now. I think there's a lot of people filled with fear right now. I think there are a lot of people that are just like, what is going to happen? I feel like shit. So I'm going to have a pity party and I'm going to ruin your day too. And you don't have to be around those people. You can change. You can change, especially if you're not drinking, because then you have all your faculties with you, right? You can think whatever you need to think. You can change your thinking. Instead of looking at that glass, half empty, you can't see this glass, but I can tell you right now, it's half full. And um, you can do that. You just have to change the way you're thinking. And it's going to take work in the beginning. And you're going to say, how much work? Well, I'll tell you, it takes 90 days to change anything. So give yourself 90 days to give the opportunity to be like, you know what, I'm going to try my best one day at a time. And if the only thing you do right in those 90 days is not drink, then it's huge, huge. But you're only going to do that one day at a time. And for me, I realized like it was 90 days. I'm like, oh my God, I did it 90 days. And as long as it is deemed, it was short, right? It was so short. 90 days is not three months in someone's life is so short. That's why like those nine, the two years you were locked in your house. Do you realize that? Two years we were dealing with these masks and all this other bullshit. And now it's over, especially where I live in Florida and a lot of other places in the US, it's over. So be grateful that you have today. Don't let anybody steal any more of your time. You know what? Do this for you. Do it because you love you. Now, if you're a daily drinker, please call your doctor. Do not do this on your own because you can die from detoxing off of alcohol. I've seen it happen. Reach out, call someone, talk to your doctor, get honest with them. Say, I just think that I've been drinking too much and what will happen to me? Can you just check my blood work and just tell me that I'm okay before I quit drinking because I don't want to die from this? And fall in love with you. And as I said, go get that ice cream cone. Go get a McFlurry. Go get a Happy Meal. Go get a bargain. You know, they've got those specials that they have all over the place. At least I see them all over at advertised. I do something that's not going to break the bank. That's going to take care of you. 
and do it one day at a time. And you're gonna be like, this is too hard. I get it, it's too hard. But the sun's gonna rise and the sun's gonna set and you're gonna be awake for all those daylight hours and then you're gonna go to sleep. And if you can make it through, you might, one hour might be like, fuck, I know what, I wanna drink, I wanna drink. Okay, go get an ice cream cone. Go run to McDonald's, go for a walk, go do something besides thinking about it. Get yourself busy. There's lots of shows. If you have Netflix or you even have it, you can watch one of these things, you know, get a subscription. If you're like, I don't have, I, I want to save money. I don't get, get a subscription to one of those networks that you can get, get Hulu or, you know, Spotify, get Spotify, watch podcasts, you know, do something that's going, that you haven't done before. Cause you're saving money on that alcohol. Do something like that. That's actually healthy. You know, go buy yourself a bicycle, go get yourself a skateboard, go get yourself a Fitbit or something to watch yourself so you can be reward yourself by doing that. Do something that's going to take care of you, that's going to make you fall in love with you. What other people think about you is none of your business. Get rid of the self-pity. No more self-pity. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I I, my life isn't that bad. I'm not living in a place where, they're take, where there's bombs falling on my house, where my house is on fire. I actually, everything's calm around my little spot that I live. Okay, I'm going to be grateful for that. Take the, find the things that make you feel good. Find the things that, find out what you like. I can tell you when I first got sober, I had no idea what I liked. I've said this many times on this podcast, but I thought my favorite color was green, but it's orange. Now I love orange and green. I didn't know that I would like playing golf. My favorite part about playing golf is not the scoring. It's being outside on a golf course and um, just not having my cell phone and looking at nature. That's what I love. Outside, Mother nature is beautiful. Take the time to fall in love with you. Take the time to find out what makes you tick. But don't fall into the pity party anymore. Write down, I have this notebook. I carry it with me all the time. It's, um, I'm not gonna show you what's in it, but it says, do, don't worry, be happy. And I write the things that make me happy. I journal, it'll make you feel better. There's so many tricks. I'm gonna be back next week to talk about more, but you know, you're not alone. Don't ever think you're alone. You can always reach out to me. I will reach out with you back to you within 24 hours. I swear to God, I will. And know that you are not alone and that you can do this just for this little bit of time. And then it's going to build and it builds and it builds and it gets easier. Everything gets easier, but you have to give yourself the chance. Give yourself the chance. And if you pick up a drink when you said you didn't want to get back on it, get back on it. Don't let it be just because you started something. Don't let it fall back to everything. Get back on it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Okay. Don't give up. Remember, keep is get keep getting busy living sober and find out who you are and fall in love with you. Okay. Please do. I love you. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for writing to me. Thank you for being my support. If you like this, please subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe. You know I'm on YouTube. I'm on um, Spotify. I'm on iTunes. You can always visit my website, busylivingsober.com. You can check out my art on there. I put my art on there too. Um, you know, find out what makes you tick. And um, don't beat yourself up. Put down that thing. Stop the pity party. Fall in love with you. Until next time, keep getting busy, living sober. Take care, everybody. Bye.